0: Everyone, we're in a series entitled, It's Time to Get Real with God. And in, in, why I'm bringing this series, it's intended to help our own spiritual walk, but also our natural well-being. See, the great thing about the Word of God, it helps us spiritually and naturally, The whole being, the whole person, body, soul, mind, and heart. So, to be real with God is to be real with life. Think about that. You don't separate God from life. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, in me you have life. You have it more abundantly. So let me ask you, how many of you have ever received a promotion or been promoted? And then how did that feel? Feels pretty good, doesn't it? How about, have you ever been demoted? <laughs> I think I've had both. That yeah, doesn't feel so good. We like promotion. We don't like demotion. We like a promotion because, hey, it could mean a higher salary, more benefits, Sometimes it means more working hours as well, and also greater rewards. So a promotion has a lot of positive to it, but sometimes a promotion can also bring you into a new circle of friends. You may find yourself working with those who have achieved a higher level of working responsibility, and they've also been rewarded as well. So it's like a higher level, so to speak. Okay? Now in baseball, we have promotions. We have the AA league. Actually, it starts off with the rookie league, single A, double AA, A, triple A, and then you go to the big leagues. And all the ball players would love to work their way up to the big leagues. Because every time you go up a level, it means more money, more notoriety. Maybe you even get your picture on a cereal box or baseball card, right? But the benefits are only, here it comes, for this life. The promotions in the world are only for this life. What I want to talk about today is a divine promotion. A divine promotion is a real promotion. And you know why it's a real promotion? Well, that's what you're going to see today. You know that when Jesus began his ministry, he knew that it was more than a one-man job. He also knew that it would have to go on after he was gone. So he found some people who were not afraid, get this now, they were not afraid of being promoted in life. you got to find the right people to do the job. So let's take a look at how it worked in Matthew chapter 4, we're going to pick it up in verse 18. Now, as Jesus was, was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and they were casting a net into the sea. And you know why they were doing that? Because <laughs> they were fishermen. That's why. That's what it says right there. They were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Oh, immediately they left their nets, and they followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. They were in the boat with Zebedee, their father, and they were mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately, what? Yep, immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease, every kind of sickness among the people. The news about him spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and to heal them. And you know what the result was? Large crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Now, that's a real quick overview. I mean, we just zip zip through time, didn't we, from the Jesus picking his disciples and then flying through all these towns doing all these wonderful things. That's a real quick glimpse of that ministry, but it didn't go that quickly. But it sure doesn't look like an ordinary scene at the labor pool, does it? It doesn't look like a regular day at the office. I mean, you think about the excitement that was generated by Jesus doing all those wonderful things, and how the disciples felt that followed him, and they were observing everything that he was doing. But why did Jesus pick these men? That's the question. Are they men that we would pick? You know, when we were kids and we picked people to be on our ball team, we started with the best and we worked our way down to not the best. (laughs) But Jesus, he saw something about these men. Society wouldn't say they were the best, but Jesus saw something. Maybe he saw something in the hearts of those men that caused him to call them. Do you think... That what was in the heart of a person has anything to do with God calling them? Or should I say God promoting them? Because I want you to think, God's call is God's promotion. Okay? When God calls you out of the world into a relationship with him, that is a promotion. You have been promoted. Oh, yes, you have, and God has seen something in you. Now, remember David. He was called because he was a man after God's own heart. Remember that? And yet the Pharisees, they weren't called. They were rejected. Why? Because they had hearts like the Rock of Gibraltar. Nothing could get in. They refused to let truth penetrate their heart. So I believe God is looking for people that he can promote in this life. That's what he's looking for. Doesn't the Bible tell us that he goes to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for those whose heart is strong toward him? God can do a lot with a person's heart when their heart is directed toward him. And I know that's a lot of you. A lot of you right now that are listening, you have a heart that is directed toward God. And I want to thank those of you that support this program. Many of you have supported it financially, some with some very big gifts. Big thank you, your prayerful support, your participation. You know why? Because you have a heart after God. And you want the good news of God to be spread as far and wide as it can go. So let's take a look at how this worked with Jesus promoting the disciples. He called Peter and Andrew. And then he called the other brothers, James and John. Jesus called men who were not scholars, they were not influential, they were not wealthy, and they were not celebrities. They were common, hard-working, simple folk, just like many of us, who would never be thought of as having this great future, you know, just kind of an everyday future. Nothing miraculous about it. But you know what Jesus said to them? Follow me, and I'll make you fishes of men. Follow me. See, evangelism was at the heart of Jesus' call to his disciples. The ministry of Jesus is all about, here it comes, people. Oh, he loves people. He loves them. And that's why he came. He came for people. He came for you. He came for me. He came to teach us. He came to die for us. And he's coming back. And he's going to take us home. Now, if we look at these disciples as fishermen, they did have some qualities. In order to be a good fisherman, you got to have patience. Because you got to wait for the fish. Right? You don't go to them. They come to you. Okay? You also have to have Perseverance. You can't be discouraged. You can't give up because you, a fisherman depends on the fish. So you can't quit. You can't be a quitter. You got to persevere. He's also got to have courage. You know, the boats that they were in in those days, they weren't big boats. The boat was small and the sea was large. And you have to be brave to get out there on the Sea of Galilee. You never knew when a storm was going to come up. And many times the disciples, they got frightened. Oh yeah. We read about it. So you had to have courage. And you had to have timing. This is a discernment to know when to fish. You know, you fish what? Early in the morning, early in the evening. It's a certain time that the fish are hungry. Okay? So that's timing. So I want you to know the twofold command that Jesus gave to these fishermen. Number one, follow me. You know what follow me means? Come hither. (laughs) Come hither. I'm going to make you fish for men. Now, they were fishes by trade, but they're getting a promotion. Oh, a divine promotion. The catch is going to change. It's going to be a higher level of a catch. From little fish that go in a barrel to people that are going to heaven. Wow. Where would you rather go, into a barrel or to heaven? I want to get to heaven. Sometimes I feel like I'm in a barrel, but I'm going to get to heaven. So Jesus gave them a divine promotion. Remember, any call by God is a divine promotion. Whatever area of service you provide to the kingdom, you have been promoted. Look at your life. God is promoting you. He's raising you up to a higher level. Now, verse 20 could make this an odd scene, because when we read it without background, it's like, what? And it says, immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Now, immediately means directly or forthwith. But actually, they possessed another quality that could be easy to miss. They were prepared. I don't believe this was the first encounter that they had with Jesus. Jesus liked the beach. He often went down to the beach, and I believe he talked to the fishermen, talked to the fishermen about fish, talked to people, and he established a relationship. And then one day, boom, he dropped the bomb. Follow me, and I'll make you fishes of men had some of them have already been to church with John the Baptist he was preaching about the coming of Jesus you know what he said about the Lord right there's there's somebody coming I'm not even worthy to untie issues as a matter of fact in John chapter 1 verse 40 talks about one of the disciples one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew Simon Peter's brother so, Andrew went to church in the wilderness, heard John the Baptist. John the Baptist was talking about Jesus, and then he went and he got Peter. And it says in verse 41 that he found first his own brother Simon, who was Peter, and he said to him, We found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. John described him. Andrew found him, and he brought his brother to Jesus. And See, that's a good sign right there. You bring your brother to the Lord. You bring your sister to the Lord. You bring your friend to the Lord. It's the first thing you do. And Jesus looked at Peter, and he said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Oh, Jesus gave Peter a new name. Huh what do you think Peter felt? (laughs) Who's this guy giving me a new name? (laughs) I don't know what Peter felt. Maybe he felt pretty good about it. Hey, this is the Messiah. Hey, he can call me whatever he wants. Just don't call me late for dinner. Okay. So it appears that a relationship, this is what I believe, had already been established. I mean, they're not going to follow a perfect stranger. It's not like the movie where Jesus comes down the beach and and he says, follow me, and the disciples are like mm, starry-eyed, like zombies, and they follow him. I believe were, their hearts were prepared through John the Baptist and through Jesus' vis- visits to the beach. And maybe, you know, sometimes when people would hear Jesus speak and he finished his message, then they would leave. But I wonder if these guys stuck around and they asked more questions. They wanted to go deeper with Jesus, and maybe Jesus saw something in their hearts and said, I can use these guys. These guys, they have a real heart to want to know. And who knows? Maybe that's why he chose them. So through the hearing of John the Baptist and then the time Jesus spent with them, he called them. Kind of like our own lives, isn't it? We're brought near to the Lord through the preaching of the gospel, and then we establish a relationship with him through being saved, prayer, and walking in his ways. We begin by hearing, but then we enter into walking, from hearing to walking. You hear about Christ, you receive it, and then you walk with him. That's what's going on here. So listen, the call will come. The divine promotion. But you got to hear the gospel and say yes. And you know what you're going to hear in your heart? Follow me. I will give you a higher calling in life. So let me ask you, have you heard the call? Have you responded? Question, how do you know? If you responded to his call, you know how you know, things change. Oh yeah, things change. As a matter of fact, sometimes everything changes. Look at what happened with the disciples in verse 22. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So notice what they left. They left the boat. That was their livelihood their income. They left their father. That was the comfort and security of home. Mark adds, when he recorded this, immediately Jesus called them, they left their father and Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants, and then they went away to follow Jesus. So, it's not like they ditched their father. Hey, Dad, you're on your own. We got a new thing. There were other employees that worked on the fishing boat, so they were in good hands. And then notice how their lives went. They went from catching fish and sorting fish and mending nets and repairing boats to a brand new way of life. And you know what that life included? Verse 23. And Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease every kind of sickness among the people. So Jesus' ministry was comprised of teaching. You know what teaching does? It changes lives. That's what it does. Teaching changes lives. Then he was proclaiming the gospel. He was saving souls, because it's in the gospel that we have forgiveness and eternal life. And he was healing people, giving hope and comfort to those that needed it. So let me ask you, is that a divine promotion in life or not? Were these guys promoted? (laughs) You think? You think they've been elevated to a real higher level of life? I would say so. So Jesus would go to the synagogues. Oh, why would he go to the synagogue? Because the synagogue and the temple were very different. The temple was a place of sacrifice. No teaching went on there. The synagogue was the place of reading the scriptures and teaching the scriptures. The synagogue was the center of Jewish life. There was one in every community. The Jews had a rule. Every community with like a certain number of people, I forget the number, had to have a synagogue. That's the center of their life. That's why the lepers felt so terrible. They couldn't go to the synagogue. They were ostracized. They couldn't go to church. They couldn't go to church and hear the scrolls being read. They couldn't hear the law. They were left out. That was a real heartbreak for them, not to be able to hear the word of God. For some people, it doesn't bother them today. But for others, oh, you know, we thrive on it. We feed on it. We want it every day. So Jesus began his ministry in the synagogues. Because it was there that he found the people who most sincerely were seeking after God. Right? If you're seeking after God, you're going to go to church. Reminds me of the scene in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, where it says, Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. Wow. See, these guys changed their lives, right? Oh, yeah? And there was a man who had been lame from his mother's womb. He was being carried along. This guy could never walk, ever. Didn't know what it was to walk. And they used to carry this guy along. And they would set him down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. And why would they set him down there? In order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. I mean, that makes sense. God's people should be the most generous people. Right? God's people should be the most generous people. So they brought this guy to the temple, very smart maneuver, because God's people would go through the gate. And when you know God, you have a spirit of generosity. So This guy understood what went on, even though it was the temple. He understood what went on where God's people assembled. Good things happen. Beautiful things happen when God's people assemble. That's why everybody should be in a Christian church. Don't be the Lone Ranger Christian. Don't be the online Christian. Be in a church somewhere and worship with people and fellowship with people and and be a support and let them be a support for you. It is so important. And if you have to drive an hour, you know what? It's worth it. You know, when I first got saved, I drove an hour and a half to church. An hour and a half didn't bother me because I knew where I was going and I knew what it did for me. So Jesus came teaching and preaching. Preaching is the proclamation of certainties. And what's the purpose of that? To defeat people's ignorance, to tell them the truth about God. Teaching is the explanation and the significance of what is preached. Okay. So the teaching is more like the application. Okay. So, so many people then and today, sadly, you know what? They're confused about God. So the ministry of Jesus is to clear up that confusion. Preaching and teaching clears up whatever confusion people have about God. And this is why the local church exists. This is why New Hope Christian Church exists and many other fine churches, to clear up the confusion and the misunderstanding people have about God. And that needs to be done. After all, we are the people of God. We are the lights in a world of darkness. Now, doesn't that sound like an exciting life? I don't know. It does to me, to be impacting to the life of another person. Verse 24 says, Then the news about Jesus spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all who were ill. They were suffering with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. And large crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Remember, I said I drove an hour and a half to church when I first got saved? These people walked across the country. Don't let anything get in the way of getting to church. Find a good church, one that you fit in. They're all different, they all have different styles different personalities, doesn't mean one's better than another. It's like a shoe. What fits you? So here's the question today. How real am I with God? Do I see people in this world who are without truth concerning God? They just don't know about God? Do I see people like that? And maybe they're just unknowingly ignorant and they would welcome truth? Have I heard the gospel message Have I responded to the gospel message? Do I see the significance? Has my life changed because of it? Will I live differently now because of what I know and what I see? Can I actually make the weekend the most important part of my life? Not the weekend that's made for Michelin, the weekend that we go to church. Weekends were made for worship. I'm going to change it. In the world weekends were made for something else but with us weekends were made for worship will i get on board will i get on board with my church to make this happen get on board with god let my life count become a fisher of the souls of men i'll tell you what that's a promotion that is a divine promotion And God offers it. He offers it to all people that he's calling into a relationship with him. You know, serving God doesn't mean you quit your job. You can serve your God with whatever you do for a living. As long as it's not sinful, of course. Be the best at what you do. Be honest and be loyal. Be loving, be helpful. Reveal the nature of Christ. Oh, so many good things. So many good ways to fulfill that divine commission. Hey, the Hope Club. Join the Hope Club. Go to newhoperadio.live. Click on the menu bar. You'll get an email in your email box every day, Monday through Friday and you'll give us $3 a week. That's not a bad exchange. You can help us with the promotion of our radio ministry and our podcast, the Hope Club podcast. Help us to stay on the air, and we'll help you to grow through those daily emails, okay? Thank you for coming along. Thanks for your support. We'll see you next time.